0: Good afternoon, and welcome to Community Focus at JJY. I'm Ken Thomas, along with Tess Taylor. Today, we're visiting with our friends from Crowing County. And with us today, Crowing County Administrator Tim Houle and Crowing County Administrative Services Director Debbie Erickson. Welcome back to Community Focus.
1: Thank you. Thanks for having us, guys.
0: Debbie, busy time of the year for you. It
1: really is. It's yeah.
0: election season. Yes, mm-hmm. it is. And I could tell that when I was at the Crow Wing County Fair. Yeah, I bet you could. <laughs> yeah, there were a few extra booths. <laughs> yes, there was... A, a lot couple of signs around. Yes. yes, yes. But, but that comes with the territory. Mm-hmm. And uh, <laughs> what do we need to know as we, uh, uh, first of all, face a primary election Correct. next week?
2: Yes. This is the week before our primary election in Minnesota. The primary election is Tuesday, August 9th this year. So that's next Tuesday for everyone who is interested. There are all kinds of offices on the ballot this year with primary. Our our four major political parties in Minnesota all have offices in the primary election. And in addition, there are some local nonpartisan primaries in one of our county commissioner districts and in City of Brainerd races. Two of the races in the City of Brainerd also have primaries this year. So we are right in the middle of getting everything ready. Right in
1: the middle of the process. And so we just finished machine testing not that long ago. Mm -hmm. Uh, And we're required to do that before every election to test the tabulators to make sure that they count correctly. Good. So we just finished that process. Uh, Anybody that had any concerns about the accuracy of those uh, machines could have come to the testing. We were a bit disappointed that only five people showed up. Um, But um, I think we are happy to report that the tabulators continue to tabulate accurately. Correct. Yes. Yes,
2: Yes, they do. We had election judges from all of our different municipalities present to test their equipment. And we also had election judges of different political parties who were verifying the results and making sure that everything was conducted according to what the statute requires.
0: And, and we should point out, this is something that has taken place at every election, uh, as far as I can remember. That is I mean, true, yeah, yes. This happens all the time.
2: Every election, before every election cycle and every election, the state law does require that we do test that equipment within 14 days before each election. And it's open to the public. And it's always been open to the public. In 25 years, outside of this year, I had one person who ever showed up to t- to watch and observe the public testing process. So it really is one of those things that I think more people would get some confidence in the system if they did take opportunity to come and observe at least a portion of it, ask questions, see how that process is done.
1: I also think we just finished election judge training. Yes. And so if you ever wanted to have any confidence in the election system, sitting through election judge training and looking and watching this committed group of people who are our friends and our neighbors and our relatives Mm -hmm. who help us to run elections in this country, uh, and that would restore your faith. Yeah. if you don't have any. If you didn't uh, have any, yeah. In yeah. the first place. This is uh, our oldest election judge. Has Helen. Been, <laughs> has been doing election judging for se-
2: 60? 72 years. 72. Dang. Helen yeah, started when she was 18 years old and just recently turned 90.
1: <laughs> so. Now, that, that's patriotism. That is patriotism. That's we want to talk about patriotism. Yep. That's patriotism to me. Good for yeah.
3: her. Yep. Good for and her. thank her for that. Absolutely. Mm-hmm.
0: Yep. Yeah. And I know my wife has been doing it a long time, too, and I believe I saw her little certificate of completing her class. They all
2: have to complete the election judge training class and then they get a certificate. Like I always suggest, they can frame it, hang it on the wall, show their friends, all the things for it. But we trained just under 500 election judges this past June and July here and got all of our judges for our municipalities trained and ready for
3: election day. If someone wanted to become an election judge, what kind of commitment or time commitment for that training are they looking at? So the training itself is about two and a half to three hours when everything is all said and
2: done with training. Mm -hmm. And then their commitment on election day is a long one obviously Mm -hmm. election days they start at six o'clock or a little bit earlier in the morning most of the time our polls close always at eight and by most precincts they're done between nine and ten that night there is opportunity for people to serve like just a shift or a part of a day Mm -hmm. so they don't have to commit to that full day if their schedule does not allow for that gotcha and you have to be what 18 or older you have to be 18 or older you have to be an eligible voter in minnesota and you have to be able to read write and speak english okay
0: very good there it is Now, as we get ready for Tuesday's primary, uh, actually some have voted already and voting continues, right? That's
2: right. We are in our absentee voting period. Minnesota law has absentee voting starting 45 days before each election cycle. And right now we are in the last week of voting for absentee voting. Absentee voting will close on Monday, uh, August 8th at 5 o'clock. Anybody who wants to vote for any reason before Election Day, whether they're not able to go to their polls or they just wish to get it done out of the way because it's more convenient for them, they can stop into our office and vote in person from our regular business hours from 8 to 5, Monday through Friday. Mm -hmm. We're also going to be there until 7 o'clock tomorrow evening, August 4th, I believe that will be, yep. correct to allow people to have a little bit of an extended time frame there. And the state law does require us to be open on Saturday as well before each election. So we will be in the office from 10 to 3 this Saturday for folks who want to stop in and vote on August 6th as well.
3: And when you say the office, where specifically are we talking?
2: We are talking about the second floor of the historic courthouse, which is located at 326 Laurel Street, right next to the post office.
0: Excellent. Good. Excellent. Now, for those that uh, like to vote on the primary day, are there some changes this year in some of the polling places? I think I've heard that.
2: Yes, especially in our unorganized territory. I think the last time I was with you, we talked a little bit about the redistricting process and how that all had to work. So now with our redistricting complete... Our unorganized territory voters, those folks who live between Brainerd-Baxter and Nisswa, basically, they have had some changes in their polling locations. We previously had three precincts with the red, the white, and the blue precinct. We now have four precincts in, in unorganized territory, and they're really uniquely named. They're precincts one, two, three, and 4. <laughs> so, <laughs> so creative. So creative this time, <laughs> I know. Keep it simple. But we wanted to make sure it was completely different and allowed folks to know that there was a change. Um, additionally, our polling locations for those precincts have changed. Voters may have previously voted at the Crowing Power Building at Living Word North, or at the church on the Wise Road. And all three of those polling locations became unavailable for us this year. Oh, really? So we now have precincts 1 and 2 will vote at the Turn-in Poachers Building, which is located on Wise Road. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then precincts
3: 3 and 4 will be at the Woods Event Center on County Road 3. And I know the county did send out cards to uh, the residents, and whether it changed or not, you got that card. And if you didn't, what should people do if they're thinking, oh, I don't know, There is an absolute great
2: tool and resource for voters to use to find out all kinds of information. It's a website that you can visit, mnvotes.org, and you can put in your address. It will tell you exactly where your polling location is going to be, which offices will be on your ballot. You can see a sample ballot for your polling location. You can get directions to your polling location, so we really encourage anyone who has any questions to visit that website to find out all the information they need, or they can always call our office at 824-1051. Okay.
3: We always say, too, reach out to your friends and neighbors who may not have access to a vehicle or not able to get there themselves. Reach out, take them with you if you yes. can, or make sure that they get their uh, opportunity to vote as well. All polling locations will be open on Tuesday
2: uh, from 7 a.m. until... 8 p.m. with the exception of Fairfield Township, which is up by the Crosby area. They open at 10 a.m. and Daggett Brook Township opens at 8 a.m. Those voters can start voting at 8 and 10 a.m. in those precincts. Everybody else will be open from 7 a.m. until 8 p.m.
3: And if those hours again don't work, you still can absentee vote. You can still absentee vote. Correct.
0: Okay. Okay. Now, um, just when you thought uh, filings were over didn't we just have an open period for schoolboys cuz that's a different yes. uh, yeah seems like it never ends it doesn't
2: <laughs> now that we're geared up for the primary next week we're already thinking ahead to November election so yes. the general election will be coming up on November 8th and candidates for city Township and school board offices, with the exception of the city of Brainerd, all other cities, townships, and school boards, their filing period just opened yesterday Uh and it is open now until August 16th. So, anyone who is interested in serving on a city council, on a town board, uh, on a school board, their opportunity to get their name on the ballot is now. And it only costs $2 to get your name put on a ballot. You know, everybody thinks that it is out of reach for them or it's nothing that they could afford or know how to do or any of that information. that mm-hmm. is available to them. But it takes $2 to put your name on a ballot. And anyone who has any interest, they're always encouraged to sign
1: up and get their name out there. Yep. And it's a little bit different for these. You know, they, at a school board election, you might see vote for two Correct. out of a list of seven. Mm -hmm. Um, For the other offices, we hold primary elections to narrow down the list of candidates to two. And then when you get to the general election, you're only voting for one. Mm -hmm. So we do it differently for county and state offices and federal offices than we do for some of the most local um, offices that are out there.
2: In both the Brainerd and Crosby school districts, there are actually going to be five seats open on each one of those school boards because of the fact that they have three regular seats open plus in both cases they have two vacancies that they are filling for a two-year term in each one of those school districts as well so they have some very great opportunity for people to to sign up and to be on the ballot this year Mm -hmm. a lot of our cities also you see vote for two council people or whatever Mm -hmm. it might be in those cases there are a lot of Mm -hmm. city council members mayors all kinds of ways to get civically involved.
0: It must be an interesting challenge to print up the ballots every year then because they're never the same, are they? Never
2: the same. No, the ballots are different every single election cycle. And
1: I think people have this misconception that there's one ballot. Oh. Goodness gracious. There's a different ballot. If you go across a school district line, there's a different ballot. If you go across a township line, there's a different ballot. If you go across a city line, county commissioner districts, Senate districts, legislative districts, all these lines on a map. And as soon as you cross any of them. You got a different ballot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So how many ballots are there in Crow Wing?
3: Well, we have
2: a 62 precincts in Crow Wing County. So for our primary election, we have 62 different types of ballots because each one Jeez. has a different one. Now, when we start adding in our school districts come in November, we will most likely have anywhere in the neighborhood of 80 to 85 different types okay. of ballots. Some of our precincts will have two or even three different types of ballots in their precinct, depending on which school district a voter is registered in.
1: Wow. This is what our election judges do. Yeah. Make sure you get the right ballot. Yeah. How often have you heard from someone who didn't get the right ballot? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I've never heard it. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's
3: just yeah.
2: yeah, Lots of checks and balances that Lots go into play. Of and,
3: and again, for someone who is just going to be registering to vote for the first time, yes. what do they need to bring to the polling place? So, if you have not been registered before, you can register and vote on
2: election day. You do have to provide a proof of residence in that particular polling location. And ninety percent of our voters register with their Minnesota driver's license or photo ID, and that's all they need as long as it has the right address and their picture ID. There are actually eight ways in statute that allow you to register and vote eight different types of proofs of residence. They all require some form of a photo identification along with a document or like a utility bill or the one that does not, uh, the only difference in that is in a vouching situation. If you don't have any of the other forms of identification that are available, a registered voter who is in your precinct who knows you personally and knows that you personally live at that address that you are saying there can vouch Mm. for that fact as well. Okay. Great. So there are a lot of different options. And again, that website, mnvotes.org, has a great comprehensive list of all the ways that people can bring uh, proofs that they need for Election Day registration.
3: And the bottom line is, get out and exercise your get right out and to vote. vote. Absolutely. <laughs> Excellent.
0: I know you get this question, but I'm going to ask anyway, because we, uh, there's been too much talk about it, but the actual counting machines, the uh, ballot counters... They are not connected to the Internet, are they? They
2: are not connected to the Internet at the polling location, and they are not connected to the Internet at the courthouse. They are never connected to the Internet. They are completely what's called air-gapped. There is no connectivity of those pieces of equipment at all.
0: They simply count the dots on those ballots when they go in, and then you can uh, connect to them to get a total. But... They never go on the Internet, do they? Correct.
2: They They do not go on the Internet at all.
1: These are the same kinds of machines we've been using my entire life. Um, (laughs) I remember taking standardized testing in high school. Uh, Number two pencils, color in the ovals. Yes. Uh that's what we do. the, The tabulator machines we're using are essentially the same kinds of machines that read those things. They've been around for a long time. This is also why we do the testing mm-hmm. and, frankly, why we're a little disappointed so few people showed up for the testing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
3: Yeah. Well, well, maybe the, that says that a lot of people do trust the system I as they should. I think that's probably and, true.
2: And mm-hmm. I think the other part, too, to, to keep in mind, not only do we test before election, the law also requires us to prove it. After the election. So after the November general election, we will do a hand count, a recount, basically, of at least two or three offices on our ballot, depending on the types of offices that are on there. Mm -hmm. Basically, we do every federal office as well as potentially doing some more additional offices as well that election judges have to do a hand recount to prove that the machine counted the way it was supposed to. We've never differed from maybe one change where someone circled the name instead of filling in the oval. And the mm-hmm. only time that you do see a change is basically if a voter makes a mistake in how they mark their ballot. Sure. There,
1: there have been other instances where we have done hand recounts mm-hmm. statewide. Mm-hmm. Think about the uh, oh, Senate wow. race yeah. between, was it Franklin Franken and, Franken Coleman. and Coleman? Mm-hmm. And that was hand recounted across the state of Minnesota. And so there have been instances where we have hand counted more about ball- more precincts than what we would normally do. Mm-hmm.
0: Yes. Yeah.
1: Even then. Yeah.
0: Yeah. The, the counts don't change. move. No. no, they don't, do they? Yeah. Which again says a lot about the integrity. Exactly. And
2: I think the biggest thing with the machines is to keep in mind they're not only there to Tabulate, then the, the purpose of the equipment in the polling place is not just to provide that result quicker, it's also there as a voter protection. And when I say someone circled a name instead of filling in the oval, or if they may be accidentally Oops. in a primary, crossed party lines. You know, when we talk about primary elections, because you're trying to narrow Mm -hmm. down that field, you only get to vote for one political party. If a voter inadvertently crossed party lines and voted for candidates of more than one party, when they place that ballot into the tabulator, it gives them a message. And it says, you made a marking mistake on your ballot. Do you want to have the opportunity to get a new ballot and correct it? Oh, wow. That gives them that opportunity to make sure that they have corrected their vote. Make sure that it's going to be marked correctly so that when they do cast their ballot, they can be assured that their vote is going to count. In a hand count type of situation, that voter doesn't have that protection. Mm -hmm. And if they do make a mistake, they've now been disenfranchised from that particular vote because their vote will not count.
1: Their vote simply wouldn't count. You're otherwise putting your ballot into a box.
0: That is really good to know. Yeah, I did not know that. Know. It mm-hmm. also tells me that I've never made a mistake. That's right.
1: That. <laughs> if you haven't seen that,
0: Eric, you're doing a
2: good job of listening uh, to the uh, instructions.
1: I can't say that, Ken, unfortunately. Uh, yes. Oops. Yeah.
2: Our Oops. election judges are great at giving instructions, but
1: for those who may be. I colored outside the line. Yes. Uh, That's what I did. Uh,
0: yeah. All right. This is such good information. It is. Yeah. And again, if anybody has any specific questions, they can always call your office. Absolutely.
2: They They can always call our office if they have any questions. Our direct elections line is 824-1051. They can also visit mnvotes.org, or they can check out our website at crowing.us for more information. Very good. Awesome. Thanks, well, Debbie.
0: We've kind of run out of time here. I, I know we wanted to mention you've <laughs> uh, got a great presence at the Crow Wing County Fair. Come visit Crow Wing County at
1: the fair. We've got our own building, lots of stuff out there, so come and see that. And it's also uh, Child Support Awareness Month in August, so mm. we, are, we have a lot of child support workers that are collecting over 700000 in child support each month. Wow. In Crow Wing County. Wow. That's fantastic. Uh, That's a lot of support for a lot of kids yes, uh, is. that is uh, taking place.
0: Very important.
1: Right. It is very important.
0: Yeah. Well, folks, thanks for being here today, and I'm sure we'll be talking to you again before the election cycle is over. Thank and probably you. after.
3: <laughs> <Yes>. That's good. <laughs> we appreciate you, you guys. Thank yeah. you. Thank Thank you for thanks for having us.
0: Our guests today, Crowing County Administrator Tim Houle and Crowing County Administrative Services Director Debbie Erickson. I'm Ken Thomas, along with Tess Taylor, and that is today's edition of Community Focus. We remind you that our Community Focus programs are available anytime on our website. Go to 1067-WJJY.com.
3: You can also listen through our free downloadable app, which is powered by Cuyuna Regional Medical Center.